big controversy, Mark. What? I don't, I don't even know what to do. Our outro song has been flagged by another. Again? Well, they denied oh, my shit. they denied my claim. Yeah. So you know what? We need to find the song and flag that song. Well, except for they have it automated. There's a whole like thing you got to sign up to be a partner, and there's like a Google algorithm that scrapes all the videos and scrape it. It's like wild what they just flag automatically. Well, I made this outro song that's done largely in Apple Loops. We talked about it on on the Todd Tucky show because his daughter asked who who did that song at the end, and I said it was me. And I made the song. And they flagged an Apple Loops song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus, I know. I'm I'm a little irritated, and so they actually have monetized that video now. So they've monetized our video, which is highly irregular. Cool. We need to get Apple involved. I do. I'm just, I'm just I'm beside myself. I don't, like, is there a lawyer that I can talk to? Because you can't do anything on the site. You can just. Here's what happens: if you dispute it one more time, and the and the claim gets disputed or denied or whatever they just can shut down your video and that's what they say they'll do and they put a strike on your account oh you don't want to strike you get three strikes and then they can actually delete your account so it's a big deal i mean i'm actually quite irritated about it mm. Mm. yeah so if there's You're gonna are we, are we gonna see like a new edit with different uh, apple loops <laughs> yeah i think we should have a different outro now I thought the whole point was so you can use Apple Loops freely. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, there is there's a whole legal uh, statement in the Apple Loops that allows you to use them. the tr- The trouble is somebody made an original song and then and then copyrighted it uh, and put on this thing that scrapes for any other Apple Loops apparently, and so they're probably monetizing like all. And it's Russian. It's a Russian site. Yeah, you know what? It sounds like a scam, and I think that there's got to be a way to sort of I, be, I bet you it's happening to somebody else, and yep. we just got to find that other guy who's probably a little mm. bit bigger than us. And then <laughs> I just got, feet. I have to find a little bigger a... and scarier. <laughs> yeah. Like Casey Neistat. Let's have him like play an Apple Loop. All right. I got to figure out how to get uh... Aaron probably doesn't. I mean, Adam doesn't know who uh, Casey Neistat is, but that's okay. Yeah. Is he like Stone Cold Steve Austin? So, absolutely. No. <laughs> Do you, know Sniper, do you know who Sniper Wolf is? No, I don't. Do you know who Markiplier is? I'm sorry. Do you know who Jack I do, unfortunately. Well, of course you do. I'm just checking Since Adam. My generation doesn't shut up about them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hello, everybody. This is Markiplier. Yeah. Oh, Markiplier. Oh, my gosh. The kids were so into him. Has, has he finally lost some viewership, or is he just insanely popular still? I think he still is. I think the Five Nights at Freddy's franchise really gave him a boost. Wait a minute, he owns that franchise? No, but he, but he played it, and that's like, it's, yeah, it's dumb. Like you go on a YouTube channel yeah. and you play a game, and people think you're awesome. Seriously, that's that's it's that's like, what society has become. Play the goddamn game yourself. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that's hilarious! I I'm getting back onto um, I'm getting back onto the channel here with the. Trying to find where we are here. There we go. There we go. We're in the chat. We live? Oh, we've been live. We have? Yeah, it's been like five minutes. Yep. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> We're refreshing the page and it hasn't been saying live. I, yep. I found out that if you if you turn on that, you know, that double notification, that's the only way for you to really know. 
the page is slow. It's interesting because there's there's nobody in the chat right now. It's just us. Well, there's people watching. Maybe oh. they're just not ready to reveal themselves. Oh yeah. Oh, there's Brendan. Hey, look at that. Come Brendan out, Brendan's guys. in the chat. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least we can all talk to each other. That's right. So that means there's at least three other people that aren't us. <laughs> That's right. The other day I was on an arcade out or I was watching an arcade outside of the podcast and I was the only one in the Google chat wondering why the hell there's no one else there. I didn't know there was a separate site they were using. Yeah, they used a separate site. Yeah. God, I felt like such an idiot. That's funny. Well, what do you say we get this show on the road, guys? Let's go. It's yeah. sounds good to me. All right, Let's light go. this one on fire. Here we go. Girl, I'm on fire. Oh wait, I gotta cut I'm gonna have to mute Brendan. All right, every, places, <laughs> everybody, awesome. places. All right. And what did you find, Junior? Junior? Dad? Please, what does it always mean? Is this Junior? That's his name. Henry Jones Junior. Like Indiana. We're named the dog Indiana. Maybe go home now, please. The dog? <laughs> you are named after the dog? <laughs> Got a lot of fond memories of that dog. From KOYR Studios in Minneapolis, Minnesota, it's Arcade Radio. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 4 of the Arcade Radio Podcast. Today is Thursday, December 21st, 2017, and the time is now approximately 7.19 p.m. Central. Thanks for joining us in the Arcadosphere. This is your host, Adam Stevens. I am joined by Mark Time Runner Shields and the guest host of Arcade Radio this week, Mr. Brendan Parker. Welcome to the show. This must be my grand entrance. Howdy, <laughs> hey, my dudes. It is. Howdy, hey. <laughs> <Yeah>, hello. <laughs> so good hello. to have you on the show. We may be joined by Mr. Dan Reed a little later. Um, Hopefully. But, but for now, let's uh, start with the warm-up segment and find out what's new with you, uh, Mark Shields. Okay, so I recently acquired an extra, that's what I'm going to call it, NBA Fast Break Pinball. And I decided that I was going to link it with my other NBA Fastbreak pinball. And that just involved purchasing four chips, making a cable, putting the two machines together, and then coming to the realization that the machines are not equal and that my <laughs> wife wants to play the one where you can make a higher score. Well, so that's know, been fun. I can't really blame her. Uh, so I've been on Marco's specialties. I've been like figuring out what's missing and all this stuff and just having a lot of fun fixing bulbs and trying to get ramps to act the same. And uh, 
that occupied a little bit of my free time. And then I guess in the middle of all that, I also pulled out my old Bitcoin miner hardware from 2013. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yes. It's so slow. It's like I couldn't make any money like if I ran it for like 20 years or something. But uh, I was wondering why one of them stopped working. And now that I have like arcade, you know, hardware knowledge, I immediately recognized a capacitor had blown and that the power transistors were fried. <laughs> so I just uh, went up on Mouser and, you know, I'm like, I'm going to make this stupid, crappy transformer work and power, well, power supply, whatever. Nice. It was a power brick. Uh, I think they made their own. It looks really the, the design is really dumb. The, the heat sink is dumb. It was made. This whole equipment was made by a company called Butterfly Labs, which the uh, Securities and Exchange Commission actually sued because they would build their Bitcoin miners and then hold on to them and use them to mine and then ship them to people. And it wasn't like they were just doing QA. They would leave them running for like weeks and made people wait. And so they were losing money the longer it took for you to get your miner. Anyway, they're out of business and it's all over. So good times. Oh. I, I made three bitcoins out of the two miners that I had. Wow! And so it's it's been you That's know not bad. Well, now it's not bad. But like <laughs> for years, I thought, man, I, I spent too much money and I screwed up. And apparently, you so, did not. Finally, yeah. Now you should cash out like right now. No, I'm gonna <laughs> wait till they're like worth three million dollars each. Oh, that's never gonna happen. There, there's no, gonna please. There, there's gonna be a bubble. And I heard Ripple's no. the way to go now. Ripple isn't that like a like an alcoholic drink? No, it's actual. It's a cryptocurrency, buddy. Ripple? Yeah, Ripple coin. It, it's okay. hot. Yeah. Okay. I, I know you. What, what okay. You been, Dude, what, I'm surrounded by guys doing, that mine these coins all day long. <laughs> oh, what have I been doing? Okay, you guys are gonna shoot me. Oh. I've been spending all morning trying to get an LCD running in my Pac-Man. No. I know. I know. Blasphemy! I think everybody should try to do that at least once. <laughs> I know. One of these days, we're gonna all have to do that. Oh yeah, yeah. Mike, no, Mar we're gonna we're gonna keep going. <laughs> Mike Martin is in the chat. He says, "Yo, yo, what's up, bitches? What's up, girl?" <laughs> and then and then he says, "Daniel in the house." And where's Kelsey? <laughs> he hasn't even gotten here yet. <laughs> chat asks, "Do we like bread?" <laughs> Who doesn't? Yeah, right? Yeah, I grill <laughs> you, my bread. Do you like bread? Uh, why, is he going to make us some? Because that'd be, that'd be legit. Yes, please. Yeah, mail it to me. Let's see what that's like. <laughs> Brendan, oh, on with the show. You're putting a what in the what? I'm putting an LCD in my Pac-Man. That is, why, why, why in God's name are you doing that? So the summer I built a, in four days, I built a Ms. Pac-Man from scratch, um, I didn't build the cabinet, but I built a Ms. Pac-Man based on the development artwork. So it's this completely cool looking black Ms. Pac-Man. And I... Oh, I saw I, that on your site. Had, it has like a really mean ghost running after her. That's of, right. Sort of a 3D. I had just no time to put it together. So I had to swap my monitor from my Pac-Man in there. And so my Pac-Man's been sitting for six months. Is it six months? Almost. Yeah, six months with no monitor. And I just finally said, fuck it. I can't find any... I can't find a real one, so. You can't find a real monitor? Where are you at? I'm in small town California. Oh, I see. Oh, yeah. But trust me, I will find one, and it's going back in. No matter where you go, I will find you. Ah! I have a certain set of skills. 
<laughs> Be careful, Ryan. Most things in here don't react well to bullets. Okay. So, yeah. What's that from? It's from uh, Hunt for Red October. Well, I feel like I should know that. Hunt for Red October. Oh, Hunt for Red October. Yeah. Ryan, be careful. Anything. Most things in here don't react well to bullets. I couldn't... I could not... Sean Connery is so not doing a Russian accent. Well, no, because I... he starts out speaking Russian, and then they, they do this cool segue where he just starts speaking English so that yeah, he can speak English the rest of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it is right. what it is. I mean, that's so, a classic. That movie is, like, up there with Die Hard 1. You know, I watch it probably once or twice a year. Really? Yeah. It's, it's one I of my I wonder if there's like a bunch of people that cosplay as the Hunt for Red October. <laughs> you know? Somewhere. I think I, I think I shall have two wives and live in Montana. Yes. Anyway, it's one of my favorites. Jeffrey Jones is in there. Oh, Jeffrey Jones. Yeah. <laughs> You know, Isn't he in jail or something? Rooney? Yeah. No, he's... Rooney! <laughs> <laughs> I think you should be sorry for crying out loud. This A is the Rooney... family member <laughs> dies and you insult me. This is the Rooney sneaks around <laughs> theme from uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. He's around the house right now. Rooney. I play this every once in a while. Nobody ever noticed what it is, but... This is Rooney sneaking around. So what did I work on this weekend? Yeah. Yeah, what did you work on? Oh man, I had a great arcade weekend. Last Sunday, a rare moment where nobody was in the house. You took your pants Love off? Love those. Yeah, I had my <laughs> pants off all day. <laughs> so the Mr. and Mrs. Pac-Man uh, was giving me some sound trouble, and I decided I was going to mess with that, and so I replaced the pots. And that actually improved things, but uh, all the background sounds were missing. And so, for those of you um, who ever have to work on a squawk and talk, there's two small, two microfarad uh, capacitors that are in the sound path that if you replace, bring back all those lovely background sounds. Those and the amplifier chips, uh, I replaced those as well, which are um, LM3900Ns. Um, uh, and then I recapped the entire board, and now the sounds are perfect. Put in a few new bulbs. Uh, I also replaced some drop targets that weren't working right. They had cracks in them and the springs were sliding out of the, the middle. And so that's all working. And I put in a brand new uh, pack maze, which I might have mentioned on the last show that I got. But I put that in and it's all working fantastic. The thing looks brand new now and it's just playing like, uh, you know, it's, it's just spinning like a top. I love it. So uh, when are you bringing it over? <laughs> yeah, you, <laughs> it's pretty sweet. And then I also did some Xenon upgrades, uh, which was a lot more difficult than I thought. You know the little flippers and a pinball machine? They're just a flipper and a shaft, and it goes right down into this little thing, and there's two little uh, anchor screws. I thought, okay, no problem, 10 minutes, right? Nope. Took out the two anchor screws, and the thing had like somehow bonded itself to the... I couldn't get it out. It took like 45 minutes. But anyway, I finally got the flippers out, and I replaced them, uh, these really dark ones that I had in there originally with these super cool chrome... Um, flippers with uh, translucent red rubbers on them so they they're just it just plays like plays like a dream now too because you can actually see the flippers and then i started replacing all the posts in that bad boy so and cleaning up um putting new rubbers in there so that's been that's been going i bought a new 
MM1 Row AMI jukebox last weekend. That's kind of cool. Uh, and I just got the key for it today because I didn't have a key, but I got it for like 260 bucks. So thinking I can fix that one up. She's what does that great... mean exactly? When you don't have the key, does that mean you don't want to drill it out like we do? Or Well, it has the original row locks on it, and all you need is the number, and you can just order a key. Ah. So okay. that's what I did. Because hmm. I'd want to. I'd rather not drill it out if I can just use the original hardware. Isn't it right that the the front locks are usually different, but then the back locks are the same? Uh, on this one, it has a f- front only, and so the whole front of the machine opens up. That's kind of how Row operated. They would have like a uh, key on the front, and then it would be like open up the hood on a car. You could just see everything. And then uh, there is a different key though for you're right for the uh, coin box. So the um, the operators then could have different coin uh, keys just to open up the coin box. So they could make their rounds, pick up all the you know, the change out of the machine and then close it back up. And so someone couldn't just buy the right key and steal all your money. Correct. Mm. Or order it on eBay, which back then you couldn't. This thing is cool. Uh, the MM1 Row AMI came, uh, it's, it was called the, um, oh, what did they call it? It was uh, the Music Merchant, and it came with three different glasses, uh, front glass. Um, mine has a carousel scene on it. There's a city scene, and then there's this, like, jazzy scene. The jazz one's pretty rare, but <clears throat> if you look it up online, it's pretty cool. The Row AMI MM1, and I have the one with the carousel. It looks fantastic. So um, those are the main arcade thing. Oh, and I got uh, a bit kit. So a bit kit. Yeah, do you know what that is? Oh, yeah. Like a screwdriver set? <laughs> no, it's the... the FPGA board. Yeah. Right? Oh. It's an FPGA that plays... Uh, Rockola's Eyes and Nibbler and some other games, and he's going to be adding some other games to it soon. So yeah, that's uh, that's kind of what I've been, uh, you know, working on. So nice, yeah. Sounds like you've been busy. Yeah, it, w- it was so great though. I mean, I felt so, so good to have those machines running. You know, like so, all my pinballs are working like great right now. Nice. Yeah. So I did go back into my I had a back to the future that I I bastardized one of the flipper buttons because I didn't realize that I needed to buy special hardware and I did something dumb and I drilled this was years ago and uh, I backed that out. You backed what out? I backed the hack that I did to replace my uh, back to the future flipper buttons with just regular arcade buttons. Oh, you backed that out. Yes. Sweet. So that's nice. that is, uh, you know, I'm restoring its honor. That's good. Really. That's really nice. great. God, I screwed up so bad this morning. I didn't have the control panel bolted on. I was trying to put the LCD in my junior Pac-Man, and I forgot to bolt the control panel, and it fell right off and ripped every single one of the wires out of the Molex. Uh, oh, I hate that. Second time hard- that's happened. Yeah, that's a pain in the butt. But... That means you get to redo it, and it'll be correct the next time. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> First time I did it, I did it backwards. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's fun, huh? You got to learn somehow. <laughs> well, I think we're going to jump to the next segment, even though Dan's not here, and maybe we'll just fill in for him. What do you think? Yeah, let's All right. let's do it. That thing is horrid. It's yeah. horrid. I can't imagine people are using it, but whatever. It's the Arcade News with Don Reed! 
That's our cue. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. It was abrupt. It was abrupt. It was as abrupt as it gets. So uh, this is a good one. Uh, people are lining up to play this game called Harambe Kong. I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's um, it's essentially an arcade. It's like it's like if you took Donkey Kong and reversed the theme. But I don't know if you remember, but Harambe Kong is or, or what Haram who Harambe was. But he was like the gorilla in the Cincinnati Zoo that they put down after it a toddler fell into his cage. And put down is a nice way of putting it. Yeah, they, sh- well, they, they shot him. They shot him. Yeah. So in the game, you play Harambe, and there's kids running around, and it's like all retro. And they put this thing in in a in a, in a Boise arcade, Boise Idaho arcade, um, to to play test it called Space Bar, is the name of the right. arcade. Yeah, clever. So anyway, uh, th- this thing jumps around, and uh, y- or you jump around as Harambe and pick up different things, and have to avoid touching the children. If you touch the children, you're immediately shot dead. it's almost like joust except you can't joust right it's just like one player avoid things uh try not to get hit and there's like all these people playing it all these young people playing it saying you know saying various things it's fun it's great to produce something that people enjoy they they say but uh it does value and then there's people that are complaining about it. i guess it's too lifelike uh you know Hmm. so and and there's people that are getting offended by it because you know, uh, you're you're getting you're making fun of this this gorilla that's been shot. Right. They should replace the gorilla with something that's more humane yeah. to be shot, like that. Uh, who's that guy? That's uh, Kevin. What's his name? You know, Spacey. Yeah, Kevin Spacey. See, it should be called <laughs> Kevin Spacey Kong. Oh my god, that's terrible! And every time, every time he touches a child, he gets shot. Oh Perfect. my god! No, oh, my god. <laughs> oh my god! Way to tie it in with me too. That's just yes. great. So, uh... <laughs> oh my god, touch British fifteen hundred says touch the children and you're immediately shot dead. Okay. He said the exact same thing you did. That's funny. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's awful. That's but it, here's the thing. So the creator of the game says that he's against zoos, which you know he he, he dislikes zoos. Well, th- that's all fine and dandy, but I I actually have a, a good friend that's a zookeeper, um, and she, um, and the other zookeepers, um, they, they run around in a, a big square made of yeah, bricks and then yeah, exactly. the inside. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's Dang, like it, and it's super fun. That's the life. I know. So, but one of the things that they do is a lot of the animals that they get are not necessary. They don't capture them. These are animals that needed to be rescued or, you know, had to be raised from, um, young animals so that they don't, they don't know their, you know, there's no live environment you can stick them into that they'd survive because they're almost domesticated. Right. Like that, uh, bald eagle that's at the zoo at the Minnesota zoo. Yeah, so yeah, the I mean, one that can't fly, right? Exactly. Right. So they do this stuff to take care of these animals, and yeah, I mean, sometimes you have an animal in there that its natural instinct's going to kick in, right? There's nothing you can do about it. Um, but on the other hand, these people are like enriching these animals' lives, and they're taking care of them, and they're in some cases preserving them. You know, so I th- I think I have the opposite uh, view of zoos as he does. Um, 
And so I, I don't know. I think it is a little controversial. I don't know that I would feel wholesome playing Harambe Khan. <laughs> you know? I don't know what you guys. <laughs> hmm. So it's an interesting uh, dilemma, I think. I don't know. Uh, I like your ideas, though. So uh, on to the next piece of news. These tiny, fully functional arcade machines for $20 are perfect stocking stuffers. Tiny Arcades is releasing these little tiny playable games, uh, Space Invaders, Ms. Pac-Man, with the correct aspect ratio, I might add. So, like, instead of uh, Ms. Pac-Man being squished into, I mean, it's, I think it's essentially a, a main port on this tiny little chip. I don't know. I haven't tried to play it. I on. think it's just a, I think it's written from scratch, but it's pretty good. Well, it's, in any case, they, they have the correct aspect ratio, so the, you know, some of those Game Boy Advance games back in the day, they had Miss Pac-Man, but you had to play in the, you know, a widescreen game. Or not a widescreen, but you played the 4x3 game um, in the, what do you call that, horizontal mode instead of vertical? So Miss Pac-Man is presented in its, you know, true vertical form here. But tons of people are buying these things, and they're getting scooped up all over the place. Apparently, you can buy them at Walmart and Cracker Barrel and other places. But Space Invaders is out, and Miss Pac-Man, and I... I know there are other ones coming. Do you guys have you seen any um Galaxian? Yeah, and yeah, they have Galaxian and Pac-Man, I know. Okay. Yeah, so there's at least 4 out right now. Are they making more? I don't know, but that's like $80 worth right there. <laughs> yeah, you can get them I'd on rather... Th- Think Geek and Amazon as well. Yeah. I just I'm going to stick with my 350 pound wooden box with a TV <laughs> set inside of it. Oh yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't They're so cute. <laughs> I mean <laughs> I personally would like a couple of those to sit on my desk. It'd be kind of fun, you know? Have have your little arcade in your desk at work. Instead of full-size Pac-Man on your desk. Yeah, that'd be great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Ten feet tall. <laughs> well, standing desk. Standing desk. <laughs> standing. Oh, my gosh. There was this awesome article about a squatting desk. Have you guys seen this? No. There's a, it's a... you got to Google it. It's like a... It's like an onion article almost where this <laughs> woman, <laughs> this woman decides that, you know, she's going to, she had heard so much about squatting desks. She was going to try one. And the funny thing is you can't, it turns out you can't buy a squatting desk. So she made her own. And I mean, it, it goes on about how she's like squats in front of her um, coworkers and they look at her funny and she's been getting better at not farting around them. And it, it's just, it's a hilarious article. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna have to put it into the chat or something a little bit later. But I guess are you... that was one way to grow your glutes. <laughs> exactly. I don't Squatting know. desk. Squatting. That's just... <laughs> <laughs> That's just so bizarre. Mark, did we have a third news article? I don't remember. We did, but I'm winging it. I do know that uh, recently the there was a a Donkey Kong remix hybrid put out a christmas themed version oh, and there's yeah. a tournament going on well um and you just talked about this before the show so i did a little research uh you can find the youtube video uh, somebody's already put up but the, uh, the girders all have like little snow on them and instead of the donkey kong how high can you get it's like christmas trees how high can you get mm. it looks kind of fun i mean it just looks like a reskinning so far of the of the remix but he gave away the thing for free right yeah, I think that you can you can play the game if you have the remix hardware. Yeah, daughter card. Oh, there's some other fun things too. Instead of hammers, there's candy canes. So you, and then you have to jump over those um, those little round 
peppermints, you know, the the red and oh, white yeah. peppermint discs. Uh. So instead of barrels, you jump over them. And there's and and instead of like out of the fire barrel, the the fire thing, it's a gingerbread man that comes after you. Which Ooh. is that's pretty funny. Scary. <laughs> I know because I, I don't believe that fire can be what's personified, and so as long as it's gingerbread man, I'm good with it. <laughs> yeah, horrifying. Yeah, it's pretty I good. Eat them. I have the remix kit, so I might download the ROM and give it a shot. Do it. Yeah. Next episode. Yeah. So normally, I think this is where Dan would say over to you, Time Runner. Back in '82, I used to be able to throw a pigskin quarter mile. Back, back to the to cave, cave with with Time Runner. Why are things so heavy in the future? Is there a problem with the Earth's gravitational pull? All right, we're going to December 21st, 1982. Jump in the DeLorean. Don't hit your head on the door. Ow. And here we go. <laughs> Did you hit your head on the door? Maybe. I told you. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about what was going in arcade technology on this date 35 well, years ago. Should we talk, before you jump in, can, should we talk yes. about how you picked this date? Um. Well, it's, it's today's date. So normally we, we pick a date, right? Yeah. That, that relates to the guest. Sometimes. Yeah. Well, and sometimes we pick it around, you know, like within a certain period or, you know, if there's a significant event in their life. But Brendan is uh, relatively new to this, let's just say. Hey, I was only in my negative 20s. <laughs> <laughs> so I asked him to pick a date and he said, how about the late, late 1982? So why, why late 1982? I don't know. I feel like it's a good time. All the, like all the classics were out, like Galaga, Moon Patrol, blah blah blah. And then it's right before the crash, so arcades are still everywhere. Yeah, mm. that's it's good. That would that would be a good time. Like if you had to time travel for real. Yeah, right. Get, like, I had a dream about that. Experience. You had a dream oh. about it. Well, let's get to that later. So back to the news. Back to the news. <clears throat> so in the arcade. During December 1982, Namco released Exevious, which set the style for Xevious. scrolling shooters, <laughs> which I own. Anybody else own an Exevious? Anyone? No? Uh, I want Xevious. one. I love it. I mean, I think it used to be the theme, the, 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 you know, the music that just plays on and on and on is the, used to be the theme of Starcade, or they, they would play it. Oh, it kind of sounded like that. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Gottlieb released Qbert. Oh. which totally confused a lot of people because you had to, you know, jump diagonally and, you know, fun game. Uh, you know, as far as I know, there's not a lot of video games that have a, uh, a knocker in the cabinet. Mm-hmm. I do like knockers. Yes, knockers <laughs> require 30 volts. Um, <laughs> and uh, That's a lot of home, voltage. Bam! Speak, speaking of the crash, Atari released E.T. the Extraterrestrial, Written in five and a half weeks, that's forty days. Which everyone knows was the best game ever made. Right? <laughs> no, it's fantastic. One of the games alleged allegedly sparking the video game crash of 1983, but I don't believe that. I think it was just more of a. No. It was like a bubble, right? It was inevitable. Was yeah. it? Yeah. Now I, I, I'm wondering. It seems like the arcade crash and the console crash happened for different reasons, almost. 
give us your take. Well, I think the console market was more because there was so much oversaturation with different consoles and so many ways to play, and it got overwhelming. That's what I've heard. And when when did the console crash happen? I think it was around the same time, 83. I'm not sure. I wasn't around. <laughs> well, typically, I don't think I'm, I haven't really heard of the console crash, but, you know, there's all kinds of factors why the, the you know, the video, the arcade game crash happened. I, I think home consoles is blamed. I don't know that's necessarily true, but people did stop going to arcades. That's true. And, uh, part, partly because probably there was some, you know, better access to home ports and things like that. But also I think, you know, you release a game and we'll talk about this in a little bit, but you, if you release a game, uh, it's only popular for so long. And then you have this giant box in your establishment taking up space and consuming power, not making any money. Yeah. So you had to switch out games and maybe they just couldn't keep up you know, with the demand or maybe people finally realized that, you know, they weren't really getting anything out of this. I just, there's a, I think there's a bunch of factors and some bad business decisions. Uh, you know, Atari expanded quite quickly. They expanded their home division. You know, ET was not a very good seller. <laughs> so that, <laughs> that may have helped. You know, there's, I think there's lots of factors. I mean, the chatters. Pac-Man was a good seller, but even better returner. Well, and Pac-Man was interesting too because it's listed as one of the most popular um, port cartridges of all time for the Atari Twenty Six Hundred. But uh, some of those notes, uh, what happened? I think I got disconnected from the chat. Are you still in the chat? Yeah, we're all still here. Yeah, I'm here. There I go. I'm back. Oh, it signed me out. What the heck? Are you talking about your web browser? Are you? No. It, yeah. It signed me out, man. What'd you do? Maybe you're. Maybe that. You, you got your third strike. Maybe you're out of there. No, <laughs> I'm signed into too many browsers. So these newfangled things. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I uh, they started shipping Apple Loop abuse. They started shipping Pac-Man with all the VCS units, and they they counted those as purchases. Oh, that doesn't count. No. No. But it did. That's how they racked up that number. Well, that's how like artists will have a concert and they'll give you a free CD when you go to the concert and they count that as mm-hmm. a sale. Mm-hmm. And then they get on the top 10 and get played. Prince did that. Mm. Yes, Prince, smart man. Yep. Because he wasn't being Good promoted. advice. Wasn't, <laughs> yeah, he wasn't being promoted anymore. But yeah, so I think there's lots of reasons why. What else is going okay, on in the... Yeah. The, Let's talk about what's going on at the box office on December 21st, 1982. Dustin Hoffman. Oh, man, another one of these. He was starring in Tootsie. That was number one at the box office for actually several weeks. Uh, Tootsie's been parodied many times, most notably recently in Family Guy. And uh, yeah, Dustin Hoffman. We talked about this on one of our other episodes. Really? Yep. Pretty dang sure. No, I think that you're thinking of something similar. Well, if we I, did, if we did November I'll go, I'll of eighty two, this when we leave, I think so too. If we did November of eighty two, I guarantee you we talked about this because I think this was out. For... Nope, it wasn't. I checked. Oh, great! That's right. Maybe we talked about it on an episode totally unrelated to eighty two. Maybe Tootsie got brought up because someone was eating a Tootsie roll. <laughs> I don't know. 
What was on TV? And yes, what was on TV? Uh, well, on ABC, Heart to Heart had a Christmas episode. <laughs> I, do you, Brendan, are you even aware what Heart to Heart is? <laughs> I've heard the name. That's all I know. Heart to Heart. <laughs> I think you take jumper cables and you hook them up to one heart. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I never thought of that. <laughs> Interesting. Wait, so who was the the guy who killed Natalie Wood, right? Was one of them. And then and then <laughs> Wagner. What Robert Wagner, there you yeah. go. And oh wait, no, he didn't kill her. What am I saying? Allegedly. Robert. Allegedly, yes, yes, allegedly. Um yeah. let's see on CBS, another Christmas themed show, <laughs> Yogi Bear's All Star Comedy Christmas Caper. Oh, yes. And I Wait remember watching that, thinking, this is fucking awesome. <laughs> I was like, Yogi Bear and all these other people, like uh, other, other, you know, well, they weren't people, but <laughs> people like creatures had a Christmas caper. It was great. Good, good half hour fun. I'm sure it's on YouTube. Go check it out. Um, and then there was a, on Sad Little NBC, there was just like a Father Murphy and a St. Elsewhere episode. Oh, my God. St. Elsewhere. You didn't like that? No. Wow. Howie Mandel, man. I mean, if you go back and and watch episodes with him, wait a minute. Saint Elsewhere had Howie Mandel. Yes. Oh, yuck! It's not good. Whoa! I just jumped the shark. You jumped ahead. Ah. Wait, I was trying to play Saint Elsewhere because that's got a really goofy theme, doesn't it? It doesn't sound like it. Yeah, I can play it on the piano. Oh yeah, go for it. Yeah, go for it. This is it, right? I could play this on the piano. <laughs> you know that part at the end where it goes da da da. That's the the lyrics to that are actually, it's all a dream. <laughs> Funny. Did you see the final episode of Saint Elsewhere? Where it was revealed that the whole thing happened inside of some special needs person, and it was all a dream. No, but that's like the Bob Newhart ending. It's even worse than that. Oh. Let's talk about the top five songs in the USA on December twenty first. Top five songs, buddy. Top five. Yeah. Top five. I like five songs. I like the five song. Five is good. It's less than ten. <laughs> five dollar foot songs. <laughs> five dollar foot songs. <laughs> that was good. That was good, Brandon. Number five. By the way, the subway guy is a pedophile too. Oh man, so many sexual deviants out there. What's going on? <sighs> We're three for hey, three. Wait no, a minute. Okay. Wait a minute. British fifteen hundred put Dustin Hoffman into the same bucket as Kevin Spacey and Bill Cosby. British fifteen hundred. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, the general—it's the general, you know, abusive bucket, right? Dustin Hoffman. Yeah. Ju- oh, you didn't hear all the allegations against Dustin Hoffman? No. Oh yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Naughty man. Are you gotta be kidding me? <laughs> How hard is it to just not? Well, you know what? I mean, I guess they're all different. Like every story is not exactly the same, <sighs> but you know, the yeah. theme is recurring. You know, it's right. it's that. You know, hey, I'm in this position, and blah blah blah. And... Uh, I'm not going to touch her. Not going to touch her. No, no, yeah. not going to touch her. I mean, I have a story, but I can't tell it because <laughs> it's yeah. just uh, it's just not uh, it's just unsavory telling these stories because. Mm. But my story ends well because I'm like I didn't do it. I completely was like a good guy, 
and uh, nobody's going to pat me on the back because no. that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to be a good guy. Yeah. What happened to this world? Brendan, you're our only know. hope. So what was the Let's top see. five songs? Let's cheer up this. Yeah, let's. all right number five (laughs) gloria by laura brannigan as seen in the movie flash dance (laughs) oh you mean this song jump right into it I played exactly 15 seconds of that, and we're going to get flagged. I know. We're going to get flagged. Yep. (laughs) Well, it's okay. Then you have a chance to get flagged here on number four, Dirty Laundry by Don Henley. You picked a strange place to start the song. Yep. That's a good. That's a good song. <laughs> yeah, Don Henley got a lot of hits. All right, number three, and I, ugh, I don't like this one. <laughs> I love this one. Adam loves it. <laughs> I love you more than he. Take you anywhere. Well, I'm gonna bomb it. Terrible. Do you want to tell? Thank God it's The Girl Is Mine. The Girl Is Mine by Michael Jackson and Paul McCartney. This is obviously before Paul McCartney said, Hey, I'm gonna buy like the rights to all my soul all my songs, and that's how I can make some money. And then Michael Jackson's like, "Mm mm-hmm, that's a good idea. And then Michael Jackson went and did it under him. Yeah. Or before all the child molestation allegations. Which, by the way, uh not guilty every time he was tried. That's true. He was. And and actually the last one was Interesting because that family had been um, known for um, trying to get money out of other people in right. the past, which I thought was just crappy. I, I think Michael Jackson was pretty dumb. And yeah, uh, me too. Yeah, I mean, he made some stupid mistakes. Of that. First of all, never bring kids into your bedroom. Just don't do it. Right. Stupid. Go but... into their bedroom. <laughs> oh God! Didn't Charlie oh. Sheen do that? Charlie Sheen did that. I. <laughs> uh, what was that? No, no, that was Rob Lowe. Oh no, no, it wasn't. No, that was, it was no, Robert was... Downey Jr. It was. Oh it man, was Robert he was. Downey. He was when he was drugged out. Yeah, because he and actually he just went into their room and laid down and went to sleep. Right. He thought he was at his house. Yeah, he went into the wrong house. It's like well, I've had that happen. Oh, this, in college. <laughs> this 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 looks like my twin bed. Brendan, you have <laughs> so much stuff to look forward to. How does that not? Even, how does that even happen? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, and he lived in California. I mean, yeah. I mean, they were pretty cool. They were probably like, "Hey, look who it's! <laughs> look who it is! It's Robert Downey Jr." Yeah, this is cool, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we should call the police. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's Charlie Chaplin. Because back then he wasn't Iron Man yet. That's right. Okay, number two, <laughs> Mickey by Tony Basil. I love this song. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> yeah, that's a good song. 
but not as good as this this one. Yeah, number one, Man Eater by Daryl Hall and John Oates. It's a it's a song about cannibalism. Yes. Whoa, whoa, here she comes. She only comes out at night, right? Yeah, that's a fantastic song. That's it. That's, that's it for Back to the Cade. And uh, let's <sighs> let's go see if there's any. Uh, are there any voicemails? Hmm. Let me check. Uh, let me check the phone system thingy. Hmm? Is Corey in the house? Corey. I don't know. Is is Corey it's in the house? It's a it's a joke. Corey a joke. Corey Haim. God. Oh, he's dead. He died. Oh man. Yeah. Good answer. You didn't know that? Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna lose the art. We have ten listeners. You're gonna we're gonna get down to nine soon if you keep this up. <laughs> <laughs> Don't go. And he was molested. Ah, oh, damn it. <laughs> That's actually a true story. Probably by by Harvey Weinstein or something. All right. So what do we got? Uh, some voicemail going on here. Ugly space shooters with guns. That is a classic. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, All right. That's a, that's a good question. What was Zarzadek's question? Uh, what was my first arcade experience? Yeah, your earliest. I think I was maybe... I think my it was my first video game experience. I think I was maybe four years old. I was at a sushi restaurant, and there was a Ms. Pac-Man cocktail. Ooh. I had no idea how to play, but I sat there and just kind of went around it had the speed chip in it. i remember that somehow but that was my first video game experience i didn't think much of it then but i guess it came for it came full circle yeah that's, that's cool. awesome so do you think we should move on to the interview part of this thing then yes let's make it official right. the interrogation Please welcome to the show one more time, Brendan Parker, aka Junior Pack. Hello. It's good to good to have you on the show. It's great to be on the show. Welcome. <laughs> welcome. So far, uh, we haven't um, you know gotten too serious here. So when we get right down to it, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us how you ended up in this hobby, and and of all places, Clav. Okay, so. Let's see. It started on Atari age, actually. So, it okay. It very started when Google had their Pac-Man Doodle, because 
Oh yeah, I remember um, that thing. You could play yeah, back in tw- it was 2010. You could play the full version of Pac-Man. Okay, so it was the biggest coincidence. So I used to be pretty much the kid who hated video games, period. And I don't really have a good reason why. But I had because I didn't like the violence and I didn't like the a lot of the concepts that were in them and the addiction that was going on. Um but it happened to be that day I was thinking, hey, I really want to play Pac-Man. That sounds like a good game. It would be one that yeah, it's not violent, it's not addictive. And I happened to go to Google and looked up Pac-Man. Oh, it happened to be the day they're having the the Pac-Man doodle, the playable one. It's like that was like that was my um yeah, so that was So you my, got so you you're like, okay, I like Pac-Man. That was my kickstart. Okay. And then how'd you end up on Atari Age? So I really wanted an arcade machine, but it just wasn't in my scope being such a kid. Um so I yeah, because you were like five right then, right? Five or ten. S- five or six. Nine. Nine ten. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and so like being being the obnoxious ten year old I was, I would spend pretty much all day on the computer on Wikipedia researching, and I discovered the twenty six hundred and I fell in love with the concept and I joined Atari Age before I had a twenty six hundred. And being a ten year old, I mean a 10-year-old and a group of 40-year-olds. How do you think that's going to turn out? Um, well, I was there, actually. And I remember uh, some of your earlier threads. Do you? Yeah. And some people were getting, you know, it's, you know, it's well, there's there's a few people on there that aren't on there anymore, actually, that have been banned. But there's, really? uh, there's some trolls that were, I remember giving you some trouble and... I remember you struggling in some of those threads. I, I think I actually, in one of them, even defended you. But that was after you, you admittedly were a kid. Like some someone, yeah. had, someone had, either yourself or somebody had outed that you were a kid. Yeah, it was a mixed bag. Um, I think it. I think it came forth in my writing that I was obviously a kid. <laughs> I got accused of being a lot of different things. People thought I was multiple different people who had been banned from Atari age. <laughs> He's oh, Ram controls. He's Ram controls. <laughs> and I had people, in their words, believe I was a delusional 37-year-old man in his mother's basement. Oh, nice. Posing as a 10-year-old. <laughs> oh, that's weird. That gave me a good laugh. <laughs> Actually, I just remembered the, the whole reason I joined Atari Age was it was right around the time there were rumors the crazy auto ROMs were going to be released. And I that that sparked my interest in crazy auto, actually. And I joined Atari Age to ask for the ROMs. Oh, funny. Yeah. See where you could get them. Yeah, where I could get them. And I posted it in eight different sections, and people weren't very happy about that. Were you Junior Pack on on, um, Atari Age before you got banned? I was. Okay. And so your account is just dead there. You can't go there anymore? Yeah. So I had, yeah, about a year after I joined Atari Age, um, some of the moderators weren't a huge fan of me. I... I love the concept of the community, but sure. Um, <laughs> community can so be a tough one thing. One of the though. moderators had a, so wanted to silently ban me so no one could see that I was banned, but they instead made it so that I couldn't access anything. I couldn't access the board. I couldn't access messages. I couldn't even log out. It would say error. You are not allowed to access this. Funny. So I'm like, okay, cool. And I, I go, I go silent for a while and then 
I turn 11 and my attention kind of shifts. I grow out of consoles a little bit and get into arcade machines. And I look up arcade or I look up message boards for classic games and find Clov. And it seems to be the the number one message board. The hip and happening place. Yeah, you yeah. just can't. You can't. So I, like I've joined in 2005 when I got a Tron machine. And I remember being terrified of posting. And I, I was in my 30s because I'm like, I'm like, what's, you know, or maybe my 20s still. And so I'm like, what's going on with this? This place, you know, I need to, I need to find one thing out about my Tron. And I start poking around and reading and reading and reading. And then I notice if you didn't know your stuff, people were not very kind all the time. So yeah, the community is a mixed bag. Yeah. And some people were really helpful. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, Some people are so, yeah. But anyway, so you ended up yeah, on Clove. I, I feel like I'm talking about everyone like they're crap. Like there are some really amazing people on yeah, there. Absolutely. Yeah, so I ended up on Clove, and I had the opposite problem that you did. I was posting maybe 15 posts a day <laughs> <laughs> before I had a cabinet. Yeah, nice, nice. And nobody could take me seriously because of that. <laughs> I tried blending in. I tried my best to blend in as an adult. It didn't work. So this is when you first started lying about your age, so to speak? I wasn't lying, but I... <laughs> Exaggerate. <laughs> An omission. <laughs> sure. If it's I like... was living on the planet Pluto. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. Who doesn't know what a human is supposed to act like and a human adult. So you um, must have had a lot of challenges trying to get yeah. what you needed out of the community. What were some of those challenges? Well, first, I really wanted to get around not having a game because I really wanted a game. But being an 11-year-old, I didn't have... I Being an 11-year-old, it's not like I can... I have money and I can't I can't go around and pick up <laughs> games. <laughs> um, so I had been searching on Craigslist religiously maybe three times a day for a machine. And I finally found one. It was a Ms. Pac-Man for 150 And I thought that was doable. My... I thankfully at that time my dad was willing to spend uh I think a hundred dollars on a machine. But what I didn't realize I was in the wrong section of Craigslist. I thought I was in Sacramento, I was in San Luis Obispo, which is a seven hour drive south. Oh, that's but a I had good called drive. the guy and I had agreed to buy it. I talked <laughs> him down to a hundred and didn't realize what I had gotten myself into. Oh my gosh. And you're you're eleven at this point? Yes, 11. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I had to make some pretty wild calls at 11. <laughs> Mark and, like Mark is a good negotiator, but I just, I mean, I'm wondering what it was like to get that call from you. Like, so it's like, how much do you want to give me, kid? <laughs> so <laughs> or, it's a funny story. What I would, I knew nobody could respect me if I sounded like an 11 year old boy. So I raised my voice and I sounded like a woman and then they respected me. <laughs> oh, wow. I, I was just going to say that. You went the other way. That's awesome. Yeah, I would be like, my, you know, if my son said, really okay, wants this game. Lady, I can do that for you, $100, no problem. Exactly. My son really wants this game. Is there any way I could get it for a little bit cheaper? Smart. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and they believed it. So oh, That's hilarious. My parents were accommodating. And we no kidding. Wow. You've yeah. Been, luckily, are, you, are, you, and we are your parents hippies out of it? We went down south, rented a U-Haul. 
so cool. And so when we met the guy, he immediately assumed it was my mom who had been talking to him. Right. Wow. (laughs) I had to tell him, no, that was me. (laughs) Great. That was pretty hilarious. And so we get it back home, and um, guess what? It wasn't working. Guess what it was? I don't know. What was it? Just a fuse. (laughs) Yeah. That's great. (laughs) <laughs> that that never any, that never happens. It's just that? a fuse. Fuse holder, but same yeah. same difference. Yeah. Right. Cool. What did you say, Mark? Uh, I was wondering, did you get any history of where that pack came from from that from that guy? I I didn't. I I I just know it had been sitting in his garage for a number of years, and that's all I know about it. Uh-huh. It has the vaguest scent of pizza. That might give a hint. Oh, that's great. I I love when games were in a pizza place, it just is like, I don't know why. I just think it's great. It's like I open up the back and it still smells like the day I got it. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Must have been in the pizza joint for a long time. So let me give a little bit of uh clove history for, from my perspective and you can come in it uh, after that. So <clears throat> you had, um, you had joined at a young age and, 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 took some guff, you know, looking for help and, you know, various, you know, threads and whatnot. But one of the interesting things is that you entered a contest for um, designing a marquee for uh, Phoenix Arcade in which right. I believe you took second place and ended up getting a credit for his store, which was really generous of him. Um, you also, yeah, had, yeah, you also had a time, uh, uh, you also had an Atari reefer business going. Um, yeah. Yeah, I like the like the Atari interest carried over from Atari age still. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, and the I funny knew thing, a guy in the, fu- the funny thing is who oh, go ahead. had this who had a just a plethora of Ataris and I would order one from him and I'd restore it and sell it. Yeah, incidentally, uh listeners, I bought uh-huh. one of those Atari refurb biz- uh, from your 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 small re- refurb business and I I I thought for sure maybe you and your dad were in, in cahoots and making this this uh, legitimate thing for you, but you did this all on your own, right? Yeah, that's the funny thing. A lot of people think that it was my parents that were that were um, the backbone of the business, but it was pretty. It was all me. I did the communication. I they took me to the post office, and that's about it. Wow, that's amazing. And I I I think I have a Burlwood uh, Heavy Sixer Sunnyvale, California, which I I think is a Sears model. If I'm not mistaken. That's right. And it's great, and uh, has original squishy controllers. And uh, I remember getting it, thinking, "This is this doesn't seem rest- restored to me. Why are these controllers so squishy?" And I, I remember <laughs> kind of being upset and having a conversation with you and being like, "This is look, you know, if you're gonna do this, you got to do this, this, and this." And I was very like critical, but ultimately, you, I remember that. <laughs> ultimately, you were able to turn the conversation around, even though I was, you know and an angry customer you were like no this is how they this is how they're designed and this is what you know this is what you're experiencing and, and i was like you had more knowledge about the heavy sixers and the the original controllers than i did so <laughs> i was like wow this is awesome you know so um i still have that thing love it works great by the way i'm so glad yeah and um and then on top of your atari business uh, that marquee contest must have sparked some interest in design for you. Definitely, definitely, definitely. So it's it's kind of a funny story how I started on design. 
uh, I had been using Photoshop since I was five. And um, so what uh, in my Atari age days, I was when I was around, um, yeah, around 10, fourth grade, uh, I had been planning on building a scaled uh, junior Pac-Man machine with my dad. And so I had been is talking your dad's with... name John, by the way? Yes. He's in the chat. I see that. <laughs> he says, yep, it was all junior pack. That's awesome. <laughs> Don't embarrass me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah. So I'd been talking to this art, to this art, arcade art company and was saying, hey, I'm building this mini machine. Can you do the art for it? And he was saying, okay, but it'll, yes, but it'll cost a bit of money. It'll cost maybe $60, $70. And I tell my dad, hey, he can design this art for $60, $70. Like, no, I'm not paying that. (laughs) (laughs) So the other alternative was to design it myself. (laughs) Great. So, yeah. So then you asked for Adobe Photoshop, which costs like (laughs) 300 bucks. Yeah, so that sparked my interest in design. I designed the cabinet set for that. Uh, the project, unfortunately, never came together. But that that like sparked the design in me. And I've been toying around with vectoring and Adobe Illustrator and reproducing arcade art. Yeah, since then. And that's sort of your primary business. Now you've got a... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And so, to top it off... I have a restored Super Pack cocktail that I got from Brad Lutz out of Osceola, Wisconsin. Uh, the photos of that machine are on your site, and I have artwork that you produced on it because I bought That's that right. machine. <laughs> <laughs> I bought it at 2DCon uh, here in just... town. So, yeah, I'm, I'm. That is cool. So, you know, you and I have had like little connections over the years. It's been I know funny how fun. things work together. So, and that's one of the reasons I want to have you on the show, because you have a great story to tell about all this. So, you know. Thank uh, you. A que- here's, a, here's a basic question. Why uh, was Pac-Man just like an incidental, like you, you came across a Miss Pac or a Pac-Man and so you fell in love with that? Or did was Pac-Man something that once you played that, that you know, once you put that quarter in that cocktail machine... You decided this is a pretty fun game. I think I'd like to find out more about how it works. Why, why Pac-Man? I think it's a, a lot of. I think it's a lot because of the first exposure, because of the machine when I was a kid, and then the Google Doodle. I it's it's really hard to pinpoint. It's just a, it's it's a fun series. It's a cute series. I, that's it's one of those intangibles. Yeah, but I think it definitely the initial exposure has a lot to do with it. As I remember, uh, early on you were trying to restore the Miss Pac-Man uh, with touching up by hand. That's right. And then um, also, Junior Pack came into your life, and you're like, "Okay, my name is Junior Pack. This this game is super cool." And then you started trying to do your own artwork for Junior Pack, right? Also, that's right. Yeah. See, In I fact, rem- I I remember a lot. The- What's that? So. Oh, yeah, you do. <laughs> Good job, Adam. Hey, I have a quick question. Uh, tell me all about Crazy Auto and and, uh, and what you've been doing with it, because I've been reading articles and watching the, you know, the, there's some videos out there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, so in short, the story of the original Crazy Auto um, was that, so, um, 
so you're mentioning how arcade machines would or arcade games like talking earlier about the crash of arcades you're saying arcade games would hang around or they'd hang around for too long and not be profitable right and so in the early 80s a, a group of MIT students formed together um, and called themselves General Computer Corporation or Gen Comp or GCC for short and what they did was they reverse engineered uh, arcade hardware and they designed enhancement kits that would be an alternate chipset or a daughter board that would add on and change up the game so it would keep people not on it for so long and to keep it spicy. Yes. So most yes. notably, they, they did this with Missile Command. They, That's right. They built a they Super Missile Command Attack. With super Missile Attack. Yep. And uh, they were actually sued by Atari. That's right. And part of their settlement terms um, barred them from selling future conversion kits without consent from the original game manufacturer, where all of a sudden step in midway, right? And yeah. They, and they're like, hey, we want to hire you guys. <laughs> yeah, because Pac-Man was so popular. It was just their, there was the, it was their natural turn. It was their natural step to make an enhancement kit for Pac-Man. <clears throat> so they made this crazy auto game that had, it basically changed up what was problematic with pac-man so it wasn't as redundant they added mazes they added randomized ai the fruit moved around and they wanted to release it as an enhancement kit like they did super missile attack <laughs> so they changed the characters up so they made crazy auto which is this wacky pac-man character with legs and gave the ghosts antenna and feet but so they wouldn't get they to avoid the issue they were having with atari they went to midway and said hey we made this enhancement kit what do you think can we release it? And Midway thought, hey, okay, this is really impressive. Now they bought it for themselves instead. Yeah, there, and there's more to it. So uh, Midway and Bally Midway had been waiting for Namco to release a new game. That's right. Super Pac-Man was on the cusp, but it hadn't been released yet. So they had all these Pac-Man machines sitting around not making money. And they were getting frustrated because Namco could not produce... The, the they, new were game fest. they were taking they needed, too long. They needed a new money pot. Right. So, uh, you know, as Brendan says, uh, they ended up buying the rights to Crazy Auto. And yeah, worked. and then they worked with General Computer mm -hmm. and Namco. They had Namco's blessing for Ms. Pac-Man. Yep. And it, they had the idea, okay, because Crazy Auto introduced the idea of a female character in a video game. Yep. And the cutscenes, Crazy Auto and his girlfriend, Anna. And so... That sparked the idea to create a female uh, protagonist, and that essentially created Pac-Woman, which led to Miss Pac-Man. And yeah, in a kind of a roundabout way, right? The name was changed yeah. to um, Mrs. Pac-Man because they didn't. They were <laughs> Midway was worried about the Pac couple having a Pac baby That's right. out of wedlock. Illegitimate. So <laughs> there is no wedding sequence. Is no, there? there isn't. Straight to kids. Yeah, straight to kids. The story is <laughs> totally awesome. And then Although it, the chase scene <laughs> is questionable. So they named her Mrs. Pac-Man, but that was didn't roll off the tongue, so they switched it to Ms. Pac-Man. Uh, and then because um, yeah. they... Ms. is more ambiguous. But I think they decided all that within a few days for you know marketing purposes. So that's right. But what's interesting is all of the development materials for Ms. Pac-Man say Miss Pac-Man. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So they were on top of it. They had already yeah. figured it out by the time the game was released. So uh, Crazy Auto, so, I've, got, I've got a question for you. Did you ask them if they modeled Crazy Auto after the... So the original Pac-Man art on the side of the Pac-Man machine has this yellow blob with feet and red eyes. That's right. Is that what he's modeled after? 
That is exactly what he's modeled after. Because they probably are like, why does Pac-Man not look like what he is on the side of the machine? Yeah, that's that's exactly what he was modeled after. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. So, all right, tell us how you got into working on Crazy Auto then. Yeah, so I joined the gaming community right when there were rumors of the ROMs being released. And so I was just immediately fascinated with the idea of Crazy Auto Ms. Pac-Man not being Ms. Pac-Man for its whole entire life. And I had the idea to recreate the Crazy Auto uh, t- to recreate the Crazy Auto um, program and I was going to convert my Ms. Pac-Man into Crazy Auto just for fun. But then I had the idea to design a marquee for Crazy Auto in 2012. And that really set the project going. Uh, I got a Pac-Man Mini and I had so I, I bought a Pac-Man Mini in late 2012, and it all kind of came together. So I have this extra machine, and I have a marquee designed. I'm going to make a crazy auto. I have to. Hmm. And so I, it's, it's a long story since I went through so many roadblocks working on that project. Because uh, being an 11-year-old, looking at uh, assembly code and hex code, it, 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 was, it meant nothing. And all I had was the determination. I have to make this crazy auto somehow. So I used, I, ha- I had this. I used all I knew about coding that zero zero in hex meant nothing. <laughs> no, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I went through each line of the Ms. Pac-Man code, replaced it with zero zero, and ran it in Mame and saw where it would crash or where the colors would change or where it would reset. And I documented what did what. You mean? Oh my god! Oh, that's awesome! <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That's totally awesome. That was a long process, but it got the job done. <laughs> Dad Parker is like, well, it kept him busy for a while. <laughs> that's right, sure did. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, Mark, you're a programmer. What do you think? I, I, yeah, you know, I don't. I don't know if the, what the where the uncompiled code is for any of these games. I mean, obviously that would be the first thing I would try to do, but that's so, a great idea when you sort of experimentally poke and prod through it. And I, you know, that's kind of similar to the approach that I think uh, the developer of Donkey Kong Remix had to take. Really? Yeah, but he's gotten he's gotten pretty crazy with his uh, abilities lately because, like with that new Christmas thing, he figured out how to redo graphics which he had not previously been able to do he was just reusing existing yeah elements oh wow well and and remix is really interesting too uh from the standpoint of the game physics actually change so yes is that true the, yeah you have the physics, the physics are definitely different so like you there's certain things that you have to do you have to drop girders to actually be able to walk across um you have to uh, climb up ladders and flip a switch. Uh, things that just were not done in the game are now in the game, which is amazing. Wow. So, yeah, it's a completely different game. So if you get a chance, run it in, in MAME and check it out because it's really, really cool. I bought it for my my uh, DK machine, and the and the cool the kit comes with the original Donkey Kong, uh, whatever the Donkey Kong two was maybe and then the remix and now you can download the christmas pack so it's kind of cool that's really cool 
So anyway, where were we? Uh, uh, another. Uh, so it was hunt and peck, change hex, see what changes, and then, and then you just started to uh, uh, change the sprites for Pac-Man or for Miss Pac-Man. So for the sprites, I I had the easy way out. I used um, what's it called? Uh, it's called Age Arcade Gra- or Arcade Graphics Emulator. It's a graphics em- or nah nah I can't speak. Arcade Graphics Editor. Gotcha. It was a, it's a graphics editor for DOS that thankfully does the does the hard work. It reads the graphics ROMs and it's almost like MS Paint. You can redraw the graphics, and so that was that was the easy way out for nice. changing graphics. But figuring out what the graphics were supposed to be is was a really was a different story, since I knew I could do it, but I had to know what they were supposed to be. So, um, in at California Extreme 2012, Steve Golson, uh, one of the original developers of Crazy Auto, had brought the Crazy Auto circuit board and placed it in a Pac-Man cabinet. And so, obviously, I couldn't get the ROMs, but I was able to play it. And so I took video. And once I got home, I played it frame by frame by frame by frame and was just able to discern what the pixels were supposed to be and the four frames of animation. And so that was a process in itself. I love it. <laughs> what happened? Adam no no Adam's no longer responding, but okay, so So um yeah. By the way, what kind of camera did you use? Just a regular old video camera? Did you use a phone or Yeah, I used my dad's iPhone. Nice. iPhone four at that time, wasn't it? Sounds about right. Yeah. But I made do. And so um you were able to take that now they've never released the ROMs though. Have they? I mean, yeah. So that was, that's a whole different story because they had been, there had been all this news that they were, they were going to be releasing the ROMs. Right. But for some reason it, it it never happened because the legal entanglements with crazy auto are, are messy Hmm. because every time Namco releases a version of Ms. Pac-Man, uh, Gen Comp or GCC, the original guys, still get a cut. Oh, and so part of that deal is that the Crazy Auto original ROMs cannot be released. Dang. Yeah, would have made my job a lot easier. Okay. Did they say how many PCBs uh, still would, would were able to run? Well, I mean, how many different daughter boards that they made that ran Crazy Auto? I guess. So at that point, they hadn't even designed the daughter board yet. I think it was an addition to row six. Okay. Yeah, I think it required actual modification to the board. But from my understanding, there were three different sets, each a little bit different. Okay. And your and your modification is a straight up just like explain exactly how it it changes the the game to be auto. So. So a lot of people think it's just a graphic swap, but it's not just that because the crazy auto, it's just the little things. So the big, the big issue with crazy auto versus Ms. Pac-Man is that Ms. Pac-Man, she looks the same no matter what direction she's going. And so in the Ms. Pac-Man code, they reuse the same graphics for, for left, right, and up and down. No bummer. And she only needs three frames of animation with her mouth closed and her mouth half open and all the way open but crazy auto had these legs and he had to walk and he, there was a 3d effect 
So he would be facing you if you're going up and or facing you if you're going down and looking away from you if you're going up. And so that required four frames of animations for auto. And that was a that was a that was like the biggest roadblock. That's the biggest difference between Crazy Auto and Ms. Pac-Man. Um, other than that, some of the sound effects are different. So there's no graphic after you eat a monster. After you eat a monster, there's no graphic of the eyes going back to the pen. And there's no sound. It just keeps playing the the sound. And some of the music is a little bit different. It's such minor changes that the normal person wouldn't notice. But I, I noticed. And reverse engineering the music code was the second longest process. But <laughs> that is so cool. <laughs> right. And the attract mode. Crazy Auto's <laughs> attract mode was um, each of the three versions had a different attract mode. Um, my version in my cabinet doesn't follow any of the original versions because I wanted to make it look like a release version. The first version of Crazy Auto had the the Pac-Man style track mode where it had the character nickname, and by the second version they had the little marquee with the with Blinky Pinky Inky. And so, since my goal was to make the machine look like a release machine. I kind of merged it. So I put the Gen Comp logo, which wasn't in the later prototypes, and left the marquee and monster names. Nice. Okay. Seems fair. Yeah, sorry, I'm doing a lot of talking. That's what you should do. That's what the show's about. We want to hear. <laughs> right, Mark? Yeah, I, I know. I'm just trying to visualize. So when you were making these decisions... Did you have like these things sketched out or like, I mean, what was your process for sort of concluding that? Or did you just do it all up in your head? And So I knew from the start of the project that I really wanted to make a crazy auto cabinet that looked like a release machine, something that could have been released by Midway or by Gen Comp. And uh, my original idea was to make it look like it was released by Midway. But about halfway through, I made the switch, made it one to look like it was released by Gen Comp, even though they weren't an actual production company. I think that's a wonderful thing you did because, and um, just to lead into my next question, but to give them the recognition of bringing that, you know, because people then will ask you, why is it Gen Comp? You know, and and maybe they don't know, you know, maybe they don't know about GCC. So, um, yeah, you know, Uh, so. What was it like to meet the creators of the game at at CAX? So that's a funny story. Um, I really wanted to see his talk because Steve Golson was giving a presentation at CAX. Um, But we were just 10 minutes late maybe for it because my dad had to take a shower and we were late. And so I missed the talk and I couldn't find the guy, but I met his son. But that was about it. So I never actually got to meet him or communicate with him. Okay. Oh, so, oh, you met his son. So that's the picture of his son in the... No, no, no. Okay. Okay, hold on. I'm talking about 2012. Oh, okay, okay. So oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. the debut of the machine was 2012. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. So the debut of my machine was 2015. Oh, okay. All right. Sorry, I'm not being too clear on the timeline. <laughs> no, I was actually specifically talking about your completed machine. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. So that was, that was, I think that was one of the greatest experiences of my life. <laughs> um, yeah, the people from California Extreme had heard about my show, John Coolp, or Coolpy, had uh, seen 
my clove post about my machine and offered me a, a um, presentation slot and said, keep it on the down low, but we might be getting Steve Golson in for this. And <laughs> I, I about melted. So that, so, um, right. So was, Steve Golson, what was his, so what was his reaction? I guess he was pretty impressed. He okay. played the game and said, it's really close. And he showed me it was okay. The biggest coincidence. So have you seen my final crazy auto art? So it has the crazy auto with the hat and the bow tie and the cane. Yes. That is exactly what their vision for crazy auto was back in the day. Huh. They had, so their internal mascot was crazy auto and they released internal newsletters with crazy auto as the mascot. And he showed me the image of original crazy auto. And it's exactly what my design was. It's like the biggest coincidence. Some kind of interdimensional rift or something or <laughs> multiverse or exactly. Yes. My alternate spirit was there. Right. Um, and, and where did the name crazy auto come from anyway? I'm really not sure. I know there was a musician in the fifties named crazy auto, but that's, I don't, I'm not sure if there's a connection. Interesting. Yeah. I'm wondering if they had any other like alternate names. It's kind of like, you know, how it, the build up to figure it, figuring out that it was going to be Miss Pack, but that's a good question. I I don't know why I haven't asked them yet. It was going to be All right. Future Crazy Auto was originally called Waka Man. Waka Man. Waka 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 Waka. Oh no. Exactly. Waka 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 Waka. I have to ask where that came from. That's a good question. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that that I actually looked that up myself before the show. Uh and saw that you know Johnny Maddox, who was born in '27, had a a pop career in the '50s uh, on Dot Records and some other labels. But I can't see how they would relate it to him unless one of them was like really into that artist, which is possible. I mean, it's the right timing. Yeah, uh, he you know as an adult, he may have known who this guy was, Johnny Maddox. So although they were college students, so. Yeah, but he might have been into jazz and ragtime, right? So he That's might right. might have been like kind of a little throwback. Yeah, yeah like me. So, be I interesting. Have no idea. Although, you know what? There was a move. There's a a spoof movie comedy called Airplane, and <laughs> autopilot was this inflatable pilot that yep. would fly the plane. <laughs> and his name was spelled O T T O. I wonder if that had some kind of effect on it. That could be it. You got to ask him. Brendan, next time you get a chance, say, hey, Steve, where, where'd you get the name Crazy Auto anyway? <laughs> I'm be sure to ask that. I don't know how I haven't come up with that question. <laughs> okay, good. Future goals. Got it. <laughs> We're going to follow up with you in one year. We will. We will. <laughs> Sounds yeah. good to me. What else you got, Adam? Any questions? Oh, yeah. um, uh... Tell us about your current collection. What do you got going on? Yeah. In... So my current collection, um, let's see. Well, I got Ms. Pac-Man, Pac-Man, Junior Pac-Man, Crazy Auto. So you uh, need Pac you need a Mr. and Mrs. Pac-Man pinball. That's why you I were... do. And a baby Pac-Man. <laughs> and a Professor oh, nice. Pac-Man. And a Pac-Land. <laughs> <laughs> there were a lot of um, Pac games. Not all of them were good, though. Yeah. Pac-Man and Chomp Chomp, which was my second big project. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about that. 
yeah so that one was uh that was like the next obvious step since it was another unreleased pack sequel all right let's first give the audience a background so there's a game in japan namco released a game called pack and pal super fun game based on the same hardware that ran um super pack and right. um very pleasant music excellent um gameplay it's a it's a pretty complicated game but yet still challenging and fun once you get to understand the rules so um give us a little background on how uh about you know pac-man and chomp chomp what that meant from you know the standpoint of a game that wasn't ever made and how you decided to convert that did you use the same process etc etc yeah yeah so um so in the early 80s there was the pac-man hanna-barbera cartoon and pac-man had a dog called chomp chomp <laughs> yes he did <laughs> <laughs> so namco wanted to to bring pac-man or wanted to bring pac and pal to america and they had the idea to use chomp chomp as the as the as a in place of pal sure the green character mm -hmm. and so they had finished the graphics and the game was finished but and from my understanding they had one prototype cabinet that okay. was on test in chicago okay but i believe the release of pac-man chomp chomp fell right in the termination between midway and namco oh okay so it never it never happened that's that's kind of a bummer so did they i i think i remember seeing some of the sprites are different in the chomp chomp version aren't they besides the dog uh, I think I think the sprites are the same. Oh, are they? So you still have the same like Rally X car and the Gal yeah. Galaxian ship and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the bonus items are the same. Yeah. Hmm. So for for instance, so give a little bit of background on the on the gameplay. You're you know tell us how the game is played. So the game it's it's really similar to Super Pac Man, except so in Super Pac Man you have keys that you have to unlock doors and munch all the fruits but uh in pac-man and, and chomp chomp or pack and pal instead of keys you have cards that you flip and it'll um on the back of the card is a is a different fruit and it unlocks a different door containing a different fruit and the idea is you have to eat all the fruits to pass the round but as a as a little uh as something to throw you off they add this pal or chomp chomp who is your friend and your enemy so pal and pal or chomp chomp can can take pal and chomp chomp will take whatever fruit is open whichever one you haven't eaten and it'll, he'll carry it around and take it back to the monster pen and it'll be gone so it's kind of a friend enemy situation because it can help you clear the level if you're in a rut but it also loses you points and a bonus score ah yeah, and it, and when the dog or the pal runs off with your bonus item, you can intercept it and yeah. prevent them you from bringing it. You still take the, the item if pal or chomp chomp has it. As long as they haven't brought it to the ghost chamber or whatever. Exactly. And then there's like an invisible area on the board too. That's right. Where if you go in there, it's like a it's like a when they travel from left to right on, on Miss Pac-Man and the ghosts slow down, same concept, but it's in the middle of the board. And so if you go yeah. into this blank area... The ghosts will follow you in, and then they slow down. So you have to you can slow them down in the middle, which is different than other games. So yeah, that's right. Although it's also there's also the other side of it, which you can't see the ghosts. Right. Yeah, that's always dangerous when you can't see the ghosts. 
a la Pac-Man Plus. Aha. <laughs> Do you have Pac-Man Plus somewhere in your collection? I have it. Uh, I have a two bits, uh, 16 in one kit in my Ms. Pac-Man. So yes, sure. And you, uh, do you enjoy playing that one? I do. It's it's pretty fun. I I love it. It's I, it's very challenging. It it throws you off. Yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, a friend of mine had uh up the street has a Pac-Man dedicated or a, a dedicated Pac-Man cocktail, and it was a conversion. So his was a Pac-Man Plus conversion. So it's got the little added you know plus on it, and and um he uh he became really good at that game as a kid. So he's like one of the few people I know that can get past four or five levels, you know? Yeah, it is. It's like, it since is. one of the tactics using Pac-Man is wait until the ghosts are nearby to eat the Energizer, but yeah, can't do that. No, and, and sometimes you eat something and not all of them change, which is really annoying. You know, some of them exactly. change into ghosts with a little flag on their head, and then some of them just stay the same. Like Blinky stays the same and comes after you, which is annoying. Yeah, and it can really shock you so what was it like to try to put uh pac-man and chomp chomp together was it as difficult as crazy auto or did you learn so much the zero zero trick again or so pac-man and chomp chomp thankfully the game the program isn't it's not locked up like crazy auto is it's it's freely downloadable and it almost runs on super pac-man hardware Uh, so, so so it's not exact so it does, but it requires an extra socket. And I, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Pack and Pal and Pac-Man Chomp Chomp used a Namco custom IC for the dip switches that is unobtainium and is not the oh. same as Pac-Man or Super Pac-Man's. Wow. Although at California Extreme, I had met this guy. His name is Vernon Brooks, and he's like this wizard programmer. And I got in touch with him, and he was able to rewrite uh, the Pac-Man and Chomp Chomp so it will run with the proper Super Pac-Man IC. Yeah. Does that make any sense? Yeah, that makes sense. I mean... Yeah. So that took a lot of the work out of it for me. Uh, what was what was fun with Pac-Man and Chomp Chomp, though, was there was more focus on the art. Since Crazy Auto, I could just copy the Ms. Pac-Man style, but Pac-Man and Chomp Chomp was basically up to my imagination for the artwork cool yeah so pack and pal i think was released on a couple of midway arcade classic uh collections over the years um or namco collections here in the u.s but it's on almost all the plug-in plays yeah um some of the the more modern ones right so there was a super pac-man one that was released that it might be Uh on um but it's a fantastic yeah, game. If you haven't tried it, just give it a shot. And it's one of those yeah, games really where, w- yeah, when you first try it, it's annoying. Like, I I was like, what is this? But I find the music, like, very pleasant and calming. <laughs> it's relaxing. <laughs> Compared to other Pac-Man games where it's like, woo, woo, woo. <laughs> Do that again. <laughs> That's pretty good. I mean. It is. Th- let's just play the real sound here. That's pretty close. <laughs> you must have had years. I think we have of... a winner. I know that's good. It was meant to be. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's hilarious! So your two crowning uh, jewels in your collection must be Crazy Auto and Pac-Man and Chomp Chomp. And, and, and that sound effect you can make. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's hilarious. Nice. 
Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's it's always so funny when people are over and they ask, what the hell is Pac-Man and Chomp Chomp or what the hell is Crazy Auto? And then I have to go on this long story of the history and why I recreated it. <laughs> what's, what's the... Your... Oh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead, Mark. Well, what's your future goal? Like, Do you have another you know, challenge ahead of you that's similar to these two? Yeah, so right now I'm working on my fourth project. So this summer I built a quick Ms. Pac-Man based on the Miss Pac-Man prototype sketches. Right. You mentioned that earlier. That's cool. So, but that wasn't a significant. Uh, so my next project will be, it's finally breaking out of the Pac-Man franchise. Have any of you heard of the Exidy unreleased game Teeter Torture? I have not heard of that. Hmm, Tell no. us about it. It's this, it's, it's this really obscure game. There's only one prototype cabinet in existence and it's at California Extreme each year. But so it's, it's hard to describe. So you're on a teeter-totter. You're a cannon on a teeter-totter, and you have to use a, a spinner back and forth and shoot these alien cats. Yes, I've seen it. It was in the okay. proto it was in the proto hype. Oh uh, yeah. They did. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, oh good, good. Okay, keep going. This is... Yeah, but so the longer you stay on a side, the more it weighs down the teeter-totter. But on each side of the teeter-totter is a TNT. And so if you stay for too long on one side, the TNT will detonate and boom, boom. Wow. So it's really a fun game. And the history of it is not really well known. Apparently, Exidy barely remembers making the game. Yeah, I didn't so, get to see the Exidy group talk. I assume you made it there. Your dad wasn't showering for that one. Or... <laughs> I missed that one, too. <laughs> what? Not my dad's fault, though. Okay. <laughs> but I, I do have the contact info of one of the guys who worked on it. I still need to get in touch with him. Okay. <laughs> but that one will be another, that one will be a more engineering nightmare since it uses a unique spinner that isn't on any other game. <laughs> and so that'll be fun to try to get working. It's in the same cabinet and runs on the same hardware as I think Venture and Pepper 2. I, and I think Polybius too. Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> No. <laughs> <laughs> Mark's like, no, don't no. perpetuate that rumor. <laughs> Please don't. You probably have an easier time getting a, a mousetrap cabinet, but. <laughs> That's true. So many mouse. Me and Adam both have mousetrap cabinets coming out of our ears. <laughs> Come to California. Give me one. <laughs> That's a fun game. Yeah. So outside of the Pac Man games, you have uh, Galaxian, you said, and what else? Yeah, so I have Galaxian. Uh, I have a Goplus board. I was going to build a Goplus, but that ended up turning into Pac-Man and Chomp Chomp. Okay. Uh, let's see. I have Asteroids, Space Invaders, Defender, Stargate, and Atari Assault. Oh, Assault. That's a fun game. That's yeah, it really is. Pretty old, right? It's, it's, now... it's one of the, I think, 87, so. Oh, it's, oh, I was thinking of Tank or something. Oh, yeah. So yeah, oh. that's cool. I don't know if I played Assault then. Does that does that have like weird controllers on it? Yep. Yeah. Two sticks. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's kind of one of those uh, vertical shmups, and uh, it's got like almost like it, they look like tank tank uh, sticks, kinda. But kinda, yeah. Two and of each them. stick controls a different side of the the. Controls a different tread of the tank. Sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wait. My dad says, don't forget Space Invaders. Space Invaders. Oh, yeah. That's classic, too. Yeah. 
So out of all your games, deluxe or just regular Space Invaders? Just regular. Okay. So out of all all of your games, worst and best. Hmm. Least least favorite, most favorite. How's that? Okay, I'm biased because my Pac-Man and Chomp Chomp and my Crazy Otter are my babies. <laughs> That's true. And of course, I'm attached to my Ms. Pac-Man since that was my first. Yeah. If I had to let one go, it would probably be, be Assault. Okay. Since yeah. it's one of the later 80s games, I'm not as attached to it. Sure. And it looks like it's like almost like a Tubin-style cabin cabinet. Yeah, it almost is. Hmm. Vertical, very tall, screwy... Uh, form so it doesn't fit in the same shape as all the other arcades yeah i have it wedged in the corner but it's it's frustrating since it has a wide base even though the actual cabinet is yeah so narrow it's the exact same thing with tubin you got this weird wide base so it looks narrow but it's actually the same width as all the other games makes it harder to push over i find yeah very true if they didn't do that you could just tip it over that's right yeah, but true. I, but People I had would die. <laughs> one would fall on top of the other one. Yeah. Like dominoes. <laughs> expensive dominoes. <laughs> Very expensive, large, heavy dominoes. That hey, are... one, more, one more thing about your teeter torture. Um, does, you know, are you, are you going to go like for an exact copy, or are you going to try to make it a little bit better, or is it just... So I'm going to leave the game as is, since the ROM is available. Oh, it's... Um, the artwork... There was only a mock-up marquee drawn, from what I understand. And so I'm using that as a reference and idea for what kind of style I want the art to be. But other than that, it's pretty much up to my imagination. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Yeah, yeah, I have the marquee like half done for that, and I'm really excited about it. That's cool. And, and are you documenting this somewhere online for people to follow? Not yet. I have a page on my site, but I, have to, I haven't put anything down in it yet. Cool. Oh, and what's your what's your site? Yeah, PacificArcades.com. That's right. Perfect. All right. Well, that's your plug. Yeah, that's your plug for the show. So, all right. PacificArcades.com. Go is, there, spend money. Yeah. Oh, what what kind of products do you have on that site? So I do reproduction and custom artwork. Sweet. I sent a guy over your way, by the way. Oh, thank you. He wants to do some Spaceballs art for a crazy big Atari uh Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cabinet. I remember that guy. He's a friend of mine. He's a good guy. But if, uh, but if uh, you know, and I was going to help with some of the graphics, but you look to be very talented. You should help that guy out. Yeah, I will. I had to turn him down just because it was a difficult family situation. But Oh, yeah, he's not in a hurry. But he'll be glad. He's got some ideas. Yeah, it sounds like a great. It sounds like a great project. Spaceballs, the game. <laughs> I just got man. The, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so Pacific Arcades is my shebang. I do a lot of reproduction artwork for the pack series, and I, I take pride in, I in my meticulous recreation. Everything. I I have such a high, high level of, um. I have such an eye. I I can't stand if things are inaccurate. Each of my pieces is meticulously scanned and vectored from NOS or from original. And I don't use any of the shitty online files that a lot of the art houses seem to use. That's good. So you're kind of, nice. you're, you're creating a new, uh, a new, some new competition for some of the other good, 
guys out there. Yeah, uh, quality is number one for me. Phoenix is the same way, I think. They have uh, very meticulous standards. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then there's Rich, who does a pretty good job. So we have Yeah, a f- I, wor- I work with Rich. Yeah. So he facilitates all my printing. Oh, cool. Oh, nice. So I do the all the design with- work, and I send... Uh, each month I send a giant package of artwork I need and he sends it to me and I stock a bunch of pieces. Oh, you know what I need to do? I need to give you my Nintendo Hellifier vectors and then you give it to Rich because when <laughs> I send him stuff, he's like, yeah, dude, whatever. And I'm like, oh, man. Hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, let's wind this thing up. It's been great having you on the show, Brennan. Yeah, I, this is just such an experience. Thank you so much. Yeah, and we, you know, we, we're trying not to repeat guests right away but you know we'll definitely have you on again we uh we're gonna have some repeat guests from last season so you're our fourth uh third guest of the season so you know that's great and uh we're we're uh you know we're the arcade radio and uh you can follow us on the the facebook and you know the internets we got places all over the in the internets that we're on are, 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 are we on that my yeah, are we on MySpace? Uh, yeah, we're on MySpace, and we're we have like uh-huh. uh, Geo GeoCities, GeoCities, Geo, yeah, I used, I used Tumblr, to <laughs> AOL. Do we have an AOL room right yeah. now? Uh, <laughs> yep, yeah, still on AOL. Yep, you can get us on the web crawler. You got a web crawler in there? Yeah, we're we're pretty uh, we're pretty legit. I don't know what that means? I don't know. Nice. Just need an arcade radio Tinder. <laughs> oh, hey, are you boy. gonna play this song? Isn't this song made out of the loops? I, it is made out of loops. And I, and I, if I play too much of it, we'll probably get it yanked. I'm try oh, to monetize. Man. Dun, da, da, da. We should just sing it now. Dun, dun, dun. Da, da. <laughs> My, and actually, if you listen to theirs, it's it's similar, but it's not the same. And it's really these loops that are coming up right now. You'll hear them. Yeah, this part right here. Yep, that's the part yeah. that they go for. Part we talk over. Yep. So, and this is where we put our pants on. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know what that means. <laughs> I, I should have never started that. <laughs> oh dear. Oh yeah. Dear. <laughs> yeah, this is not the right episode to be talking about. The best episode. Ever. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Double R's. That's Arcade Radio. Please join us in the conversation anytime. ArcadeRadio.com. You can email us at react at Arcade Radio, uh, and you can also call or leave comments and questions on the game line, which is 612-548-GAME or 4263. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on iTunes, Google Play, and or SoundCloud. This has been a great show. Thanks for being our guest, Brennan, and we'll see you next time. Yeah! Somebody leave a voicemail that's not Bob Jarzadek. Ah! <laughs> <laughs>